So we're reading from Chaitanya Charitamrita, Madhyalila, Chapter 18, description of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's visit to Vrindavan. And last night we heard how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rediscovered Radhakund and Shamkund, which were originally excavated by the Lord and his coward girlfriends in conjunction with the killing of Aristasura, the bull demon sent by Kongsa. And here was a bull demon, I should say, disguised as religion. So this is very deceptive. And certainly this goes on. That in the name of religion there is much deception. So Krishna dealt with that effectively. And the result was side effect. Byproduct was Radhakund and Shamkund, which are the very deepest essence of religion. Dharma, Prema Dharma. So we should take shelter of Krishna in Vrindavan at Shamakund and Radhakund through the teachings and example of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Certainly this will protect us from irreligion and Kaitava Dharma. Kaitava Dharma is what uh, Bhagavatam speaks about in the, at its very onset by way of saying this is not what this book is about. Kaitava Dharma, Projita Kaitava Dharma. Completely rejecting Kaitava Dharma. Kaitava means like cheating. So, false pseudo religion. Dharma projita kaitavotra paramo nirmat saranam satam. It is a paramahamsa sanghita simat bhagavatam. For those who can extract the essence of all the revealed scriptures, this is Sharagrahi Vaishnav, essence seeking Vaishnav. Nana Shastra Vichara Neganiponosat Dharma Samstapako Lokanam Hita Karano Tribhuvane Manyo Sharanyakaro Radha Krishna Paradavinda Vajanonam Dena Matvaliko Vande Rupa Sanatana Lukuyago Shijiva Gopalako This is uh, the description of Srinivasa Acharya of the Sadgosami, Six Gosami. There are Shastra Gurus. They give us what we call Gosami Granta, Prema Bhakti Granta. Granta means book, scriptures, they churned from the Bhagavatam and Gita and Nana Shastra Vicharanakanipunas, all the revealed scriptures, they churned from this, its essence, Sar, means essence. And in doing that, what did they produce? Such nectar, drawing out inner secrets of the literature that revealed the glory of Prema Bhakti. This is what Saragrahi Vaishnav is about. This is the proper use of one's um, intelligence in Krishna service. To study all these scriptures and collect in, in such a way, with such a heart of devotion. At one point, we may need our intelligence, good, pure intelligence coming from scriptural advice, the advice of sadhus, the example of sadhus, in order to remain fixed in bhakti. But at a certain point, an innate taste for bhakti will develop within our heart. And then the need for such logic and reasoning to support our practice will recede to the background. But it may be called upon in the service of our taste, our being, our spiritual reality, to substantiate that for others, to demonstrate that in the scripture and so forth. This is what the Goswamis were doing. They collected, it's, Srinivas says, the essence from all the revealed scriptures, they churned them. This is called Shastra Yukti. This term is used to describe the kind of logic that the devotees have. Not ordinary logic, dry logic, but logic that serves to support their shraddha, their faith, which is faith in what? Faith in revelation. A major manifestation of the revelation is what? Shastra. So faith in, derived from that in avarohapanta, in a descending way of knowing, faith derived in that, then the support of that faith with logic and reasoning. This is Shastra Yukti. This is what the Goswamis did. And see the result of that. They churned out so many valuable literatures. Nobody argues about that. They're universally accepted. This is the essence of the scripture amongst the Gaudias at least even outside the Gaudiya circles in Vrindavan, if anybody is to speak on Srimad Bhagavatam, and there are so many Bhagavat Saptas and Bhagavat Katas, it doesn't matter what Sampradaya they come from, 
read the commentaries of Vishwanath, commentary of Sanatana Goswami, commentary of Jiva Goswami that they cite to explain Srimad Bhagavatam. So the very distilled essence of scripture and Bhagavatam being the principal pramana for our school, the essence of that, that is what we find actually in Chaitanya Charitamrita, is the essence of the essence. We say that Srimad Bhagavatam is the Grantaraj, the king of scriptures, and Chaitanya Charitamrita Granta Samrat. Samrat means emperor. So under the emperor there are so many kings. <laughs> so that Chaitanya Charitamrita has described the Premadama of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We follow in that way, then we can understand something about Vrindavan. In that way we can be safe from Kaitava Dharma. But of course there's Kaitava Dharma inside Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sampradaya. Kali Yuga is so pervasive that for Bhaktivinotaku had used the term Kali Chela at one point. Kalichela. What was a Kalichela? He means wearing the Kodiya Tilak and Kontimala, the neckpiece and so forth, but he's actually a disciple of Kali Yuga rather than disciple of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So that goes on. We are not shy to uh, acknowledge that. But if we get good guidance in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sampradaya, if I'm a proper bhakta devotee, properly situated, then we can hear the actual teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, actual explanation of all these terms with support from scripture and so forth. This way we can be safe. So this way Mahaprabhu found Radhakund and he's at Aristagram, that village at the foot of Govardhan. Govardhan is like, uh, looks like, for those who have this sensibility to look on the map, they see Govardhan. Just like when you look at the clouds, one may see one thing, one may see another thing, or the mountain range and so forth. So looking at Govardhan, the devotees have seen a big, uh, like a peacock, bending over in two eyes at the head, coming down, or Shamkund and Radhakund, full of water, <laughs> crying out of love for Radha and Krishna. So this is where he is, at Ristagram, near Govardhan. So... Kaviraj Goswami continues. This way we go through Vrindavan following the footsteps of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Tobit chali aila prabhu sumana sarovara tahan godan deki haila vibhaha. Then Mahaprabhu he left and he went to sumana sarovara and that is a lake. Tahan godan deki haila. He walked from there. He could see Govardhan Hill and vibhaha. He became overwhelmed and seeing the beautiful site of Giriraj Govardhan. Giriraj means the king of hills. Govardhan Deki Prabhu Hoila Dandavata Ekashila Alingya Hoila Unmata. So Govardhan Deki, seeing Govardhan, Mahaprabhu, Prabhu Hoila Dandavata. He paid his Dandavata, means lying out flat, like a, Dhanda means a rod, like a stick, so it's like a stick falling down. He paid his Dhandavat to Govardhan, and Ek Shila, Alingila, he grabbed onto, he embraced one Shila, one stone from Govardhan, and this way he became Unmata, mad, holding the stone of Govardhan. Of course, later on, we know that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sent Jagarananda from Jagannath Puri to Govardhana at his request with explicit instructions that he should take shelter of Sanatana Prabhu while he's there to properly understand about Vrindavan. And upon his return, he brought one stone from Govardhan for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to keep that stone. And one mala, Gunja mala, there's a little type of bean that grows in Vrindavan, not edible, but it is made into a garland and uh, Giriraj Govardhan is worshipped with the Gunjamala. At least this was how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to worship. But his worship was very extraordinary. It was uh, Giriraj is a Ragmarg deity. So just like you have Shaligram, Shaligram is the Vishnu representation in stone, and that is in Vidimarg. So that kind of worship is very strict and um, 
many regulations governing that. Govardhan Shila is also self-manifest form of the Lord, but Lord Krishna in stone, and he is a Ragmarg deity. So that doesn't mean that, well, I'll take up the Ragmarg worship and just forget the rules. You don't have to be concerned about the rules. I'll take the easy path. <laughs> that is what we call Sahajiya version of a Ragmarg in the broad sense of the term Sahajiya, which means uh, easy or to take cheaply. Sahaja may also have a positive context, I mean natural. And in this regard, Rairamananda is described by Krishna's Kaviraja, Sahaja Vaishnava. It means a natural Vaishnava, a spontaneous Vaishnava. But it more in our group, uh, coming from the Bhakti Siddhanta Sastri talk, we more tend to use the term in a derogatory way to critique those who take the high ideal of Ragmarg cheaply. So we have to have qualification to enter that. Mahaprabhu didn't follow so many rules and regulations in his worship of the Shila. In fact, he used to wear the Gunjamala around his neck and carry the stone with him and rub him, rub that stone on his head and for the Abhishek, the bathing, daily bathing of the deity, he bathed the deity with his tears. This is the Govardhan Puja of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Then he gave the stone to Das Goswami. And Das Goswami could understand, Mahaprabhu has given me a place at the foot of Govardhan in the Nitilila. Then he gave Das Goswami the Gunjamala. And Das Goswami considered, and in conjunction with the Gunjamala and Govardhan, he's given me a service in the group of Radha. So together, Mahaprabhu saw these two, Giri Govardhan as Krishna and Gunjamala as Radha. This was the way in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu worshipped and the way in which he uh, taught Raghunath Das Goswami to worship that Srila. And Das Goswami was not a Brahmana. He was one of the six Goswamis that didn't come from a Brahman family. He came from a Kayasta family, which is a type of uh, Sudra that engaged in clerical type of activities and, and some business too. His parents were quite wealthy, as we discussed in brief last night. So some people criticize that they conjecture, and we consider it a criticism, that Das Goswami was not a Brahmin, therefore he couldn't worship the Shalagram Shila. Therefore Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave him the Govardhan Shila, as if it was a lower standard, but actually it was a higher standard. And if we see the way in which Das Goswami worshipped the Shila, how he was instructed by Mahaprabhu with the Tulsi leaves from the Manjaris, and a very simple worship with Gangajal and Tulsi, he told him to worship. He did that, but if we study what he says there, he also shows the spirit of that worship was that Das Goswami was to give entirely of himself in that service. Entirely of himself. Of course, in bhakti, the very principle is that we should give entirely of ourselves. Um, in order to do that, first, there is the extension of ourselves in the form of our material possessions. And we should use those in the service of the deity. And that is the beginning of engaging ourselves and giving ourselves. Because what's dear to us, we've collected what's ours by way of extension through identification with material items. When we give those, then it's giving of ourselves. But in doing that, we should come to the point of a more clear self-identification that's kind of a contracted, in one sense, self-identification from external identification with material items. And as that develops, then we can give more of ourself as we know more what our self is. So, other than that, bhakti means to give of the self, give self-surrender, svaha, self-sacrifice, this is what it's about. And within the context of fully giving of ourself, there are also various degrees. We learn, for example, from Brihat Bhagavatamrita, the great work of Sanatana Goswami Prabhu, that Prahlad marks the beginning of Shuddha Bhakti. That means Prahlad had no selfishness, no material selfishness. He was asked by Bhagavan Shringha to take a gift 
that now I've come, you've called me, I've appeared here, so please take something from me. And Bhagavan Singha tried very much to get Prahlad to take something, but Prahlad was persistent and he refused to accept anything for his service. And so this is an example of no material selfishness. So it's the beginning of selflessness and Shuddha Bhakti, therefore. And then we go up in a gradation to Hanuman and, and so on, all the way up to Braj Bhakti and Gopi. So what we find in that gradation there is higher and higher degrees of selflessness. And we come, Ahoytuki Aparthihata, the message of the Bhagavatam. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, generally in Archanmarg, the deity worship, we don't allow anything to touch below the waist in the puja. But Bhakti Sanasasti Thakur said, our religion is one, we, we can serve the Lord with the lower part of our bodies as well. <laughs> this is a reference to Gopi Bhav. This is the farthest reach the zenith of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is teaching. Only those gopis, they exemplify the highest ideal of self-sacrifice. This is what Mahaprabhu came to herald, and everybody in Braj heralds that to one degree or another even from their respective position in service to Krishna. So this is the highest ideal. We should know about that. From a neutral position, we shall glorify that and find our own place through our sincere and heartfelt spiritual practice of giving ourselves some resting place in Brajapakti in relation to all these high things. So the Govardhan Shila's worship is, is very simple but very high. I had the good fortune of receiving the Govardhan Shila from one of my godbrothers, this little Govardhan Shila, you may know the story, just after I had uh, come to uh, understand the position and contribution of Om Vishnu Patmakthira Dev Goswami Maharaj, and I was on my way to meet with some devotees under his care, I ran into another godbrother, and he was happy to see me, and... Uh, and he wanted to give me a gift, he told me that night. So that night he came and brought these two little Gordon Shilas. And he said, these two Shilas, he said, I showed them to Prabhupada. This was many, many years ago from the time that he was speaking to me. When he was speaking to me, it was 1984, 1985, something like that. And uh, many years ago, he had taken these stones from Gordon and he showed them to Prabhupada. So he told me the story. I showed them to Prabhupada and I told Prabhupada that Prabhupada, in the Brahmanda Purana, it is mentioned that the stones from Govardhan are worshipable. So this was even before Prabhupada's Chaitanya Charitamrita had been published. And you can see from what he said that the devotees at that time were not so familiar with many aspects of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. <laughs> the Brahmanda Purana is rather obscure for, for Gaudiya Vaishnavas. And this what he was, he had been reading that and found some reference like this. So Prabhupada, he said, smiled at the time. He said, well, if it says in the Shastra, then they must be worshipable. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said that Prabhupada picked up this one, and he showed me that one and looked at him, and he put him down, and he looked at the other one. He said, I'm keeping the one he picked up, and the other one he looked at, I'm giving to you, because I know that you will take good care of him. So that's how I came to collect the stone from Gobardhan, and then I... So what could I do? I took and I went on and met some of the devotees that I was going to see under the shelter of Sridharmaraj. And as I arrived there, they had been, were having a conversation about Giriraj Puja and how Sridharmaraj said this is the ideal deity for the sannyasi to take with him in his pocket and, uh, and travel with and so forth. So, so I happened to just get one of those by chance and I told the story. So they were all quite interested to see and I showed and they said, oh, but you don't have the Gunjumala. And they happened to have one, so then I was given the Gunjamala. Now that we have this Hiraj and that Gunjamala that we worship here daily. It's been going on since then, 1984 or something like that. So, Giriraj is quite prominent in Gaudiya Vaishnavism in so many respects. And here we find Mahaprabhu embraces the stone and is absorbed in ecstasy. He said he became mad upon... Uh, Embracing that stone at the foot of Govardhan. Preme motta chali oila Govardhan gram. Haridev deki tahan huila pranam. So, mad with ecstatic love, preme motta 
Choli Oila Govardhan Gram. Mahaprabhu went to Govardhan Gram, the village of Govardhan. There, Hari Dev Deki, Tan Huila Pranam. He saw the deity of Hari Dev and paid his pranam. So Hari Dev Temple is one of the very old, old temples of Vrindavan, and it's there at the foot of Govardhan. And everybody stops there on the Gordon Parikram, a very famous temple. Matura Padmir Pushima Dale Janrabas Haridev Narayan Adi Parakash. So here he says Haridev is incarnation of Narayan, and his residence is on the western petal of the lotus of Mathura. So this is in regard to the jantra of Mathura Mandal, like a big lotus. A yantra is an esoteric, mystical symbol. Represents a mantra or a place and so forth. And there's a system for installing and worshipping such, or meditating upon it. So he gives us some acquaintance with its place in relation to the lotus of Mathura. Then he says, Huridev age nache preme matahan sab loka dekite oila ascharja shunia. So mad with ecstatic love, Mahaprabhu danced before Huridev. And hearing his chanting and dancing, so many people came to see him. Prabhu Prema Sundarja Deki Loke Chamatkar Hori Dever Umbritya Prabhur Korila Satkar. So, thus, uh, Prabhu Prem Sundarja Deki Loke Chamatkar. The people seeing the Prem of Mahaprabhu. The wonderful Prema Mahaprabhu, they became Chamatkar, full of wonder. They were astonished. And Haridev Ebritya Prabhu Korila Satkar. The servants, Haridev Ebritya, Britya means servants, the servants of Haridev, they gave a good reception to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They received him very nicely there. Bhata Charja Brahmakunde Pokajana Koila Brahmakunde Snan Kori Prabhu Bhikya Koila. So then at Brahmakund, Vatacharya means uh, Balabhadra. Vatacharya cooked food and the Lord, after taking his bath, he accepted his lunch. He bathed at Brahmakund. Brahmakund is a kund erected uh, in relation to Brahma's pastimes in connection with Krishna and Vrindavan. Seratri Rohila Haridevar Mandire Ratre Mahaprabhu Kore Monete Bichare. So, Seiratri means night. So that night, Mahaprabhu stayed at Haridev temple. And during the night, he began to think and reflect. What was his reflection? Govardhan upare ami kobu na chodiba. Gopal grayer darshan kemone poiva. It was his bewilderment. He was perplexed. What did he say? He said, Govardhan Upari Ami Kubuna Chadiba. I cannot go up on Govardhan. I cannot walk upon Govardhan. Because he considered Govardhan worshipable and uh, Krishna himself. So and he couldn't walk upon Govardhan. But Gopal Rai means the deity of Madhavendra Puri. Puri established. And Mahaprabhu, of course, is in connection with Madhavendra Puri through Ishvara Puri. was situated on Govardhan Hill. And he wanted to have darshan of the deity. So what to do? There was a dilemma. So, etomane kori prabhu mona kori rohila janiya gopal kichu bhangi utaila. So he gave considerable thought, consideration. And in this way he remained silent. And Lord Gopal knowing his contemplation, played a trick. So we should have confidence that sometimes things seem insurmountable or impossible, but need to be done anyway, that they will be possible by taking shelter of Krishna. He can make arrangements beyond our capacity to do. We are accustomed to making arrangements and doing things ourselves on our own strength that we have to come to realize the shortcomings of our own capacity and depend upon our uh, dear friend Krishna to help us. Our position becomes so much enhanced 
by being in connection with him, we can do the impossible. So prayer is very powerful. Mahaprabhu was making a prayer to Gopal. I want to have a darshan. How can I get it? How is it possible? And Gopal can hear that prayer, so he's making an arrangement. So what did he do? Anuruk shobeshailam swasmai bhakta bhimanine avarukya gire krishno gauraya swam adarshayat Coming down from the Govardhan hill, Lord Gopal granted an interview to Mahaprabhu, who was unwilling to climb the hill, thinking himself as a devotee of Krishna. Anukut name grame Gopalarstiti, Rajputraloke grame Basati. So the name of the village that Gopal stated was called Anukut. And the villagers who lived there were mostly Rajput, means from Rajasthan, Chatriya types. Ek janasi ratre grami ke balila tomar gram marite turuk dhari sajila. So turuk means like the Turkish people or the Muslims. So what happened was one person came to the village and informed the inhabitants there that the Muslims are coming, preparing to attack your village. Of course they didn't know that Gopal himself had arranged this. <laughs> you shall have to think like this, that the deity has some special plans sometimes that uh, we cannot understand. Here the devotees protecting him there. We're all thinking, oh, this is a problem. We'll have to move the deity, is the idea, and hide him away someplace. That's Gopal's desire, that he might come down from Govardhan and fulfill the desire of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to have his darshan. All these devotees were having his darshan regularly. But what is the mood of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Lamenting that he could have the darshan of Gopal and feeling himself unqualified to go there. So Krishna's coming to him. This is real darshan. We go to see the deity daily to take a look. But the real spirit of darshan is that the deity's taking a look at us. We are accustomed to seeing everything, relating to everything in the world as an object, ourselves being the subject. We can pick it up and examine it and so forth. And to some extent we have that consciousness with the deity as well. Rather than thinking of ourselves as an object in relation to the supreme subject, Krishna. He's doing everything. We think, what? That we are the doer. That we have to combat that. But we have to combat it by this. That knowing there is another doer. There are things going on. And it's by his arrangement. By his lila. The whole of the world, that is also his lila, his shristi lila. Out of joy, he creates the world. He behind everything, not a blade of grass moves without the will of the Lord. So this is a real way to uproot ahankar, ego, to find out through bhakti, through prayer and devotion, what is the secret plan of Krishna behind that, the meaning behind every movement of the world that is relative to his lila. This is really what's going on in the world, why things are moving. We have so many other ideas. So, darshan means really the Lord is bringing us before him to take a look at us, to see us. So he came to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Everyone else in the Rajasthanis there, they were going to see the deity regularly, but here Gopal is coming to see Mahaprabhu, to give him darshan, to reveal himself. So, Ajiratre palaha na ruhi ha ek jana. Thakur lana bhag hashibe koli jawana. He said, the person who came, flee this village tonight. Don't allow any person to remain. Take the deity with you. Leave. The Muslim soldiers will be here by tomorrow. So as I mentioned earlier, when Mahaprabhu was in Nadia area, Ekesha, he was... Uh, in the company of Sanatan Prabhu and explaining his desire to go to Vrindavan and, and Sri Sanatan Goswami Prabhupada advised him that don't go to Vrindavan with a big group. At that time, Mahaprabhu had returned to Nadia for the reason of wanting to bathe in the Ganga and see Sachimata and then go to Vrindavan. And so many devotees came to surround him and follow him everywhere he went in Nadia. He was the hero, hometown hero, had gone to Puri 
taken sannyas as a young boy, a young man of 25, and gone to Puri and conquered the guru of the king and the king and the whole of Puri. It's incredible. And he went south and everywhere he, his uh, religious ideal was being distributed. And Harry was coming back. So everyone was so happy to have the hometown hero again, Nimai Pandit. And wherever he went, they wanted to go. So he was going to go to Vrindavan. So all of Nadia was going to go to Vrindavan. It is Vrindavan. So what is the problem? But Sanatana detected a problem from the point of view of Bhakti, which Mahaprabhu was also teaching. So he said, if you go with a big crowd, that's not the way to enter into Vrindavan. Here I am with a big group. You should go simply, and like a simple devotee, enter into Vrindavan where everyone and everything is worshipable. So he took that advice. And also, as I mentioned previously, externally, advice also had some application, some utility, because that time India was occupied to a large extent by the Muslims. They were in Bengal, they were in Agra, and Vrindavan is in a, just a short distance, 60 kilometers from Agra. There was where the Taj Mahal is there in Agra. So they were strong in this area. So if Mahabharata was to go with a big crowd, then it might look like some kind of a civil disobedience, something of the sort. It might present a problem. So here we can see that this was going on, that the Muslims were attacking Vrindavan, it was a holy place, and so their influence was there. Shunya gramya loka chintita huila pratami gopalan ganthuli grame khila. So hearing this, the villagers became very anxious, and they took Gopal and moved him to the village known as Ganthuli. Vipra grihe gopaler nibritte sevana gram ujjada huila polaila sarvajan. The Gopal Dili was kept in the house of one Brahmin, and his worship was conducted secretly. Everyone fled, thus the village of Anukut was deserted. Oiche mlecha bhaye Gopal bhage bare bare mandira chali kunje rahe kiba gramontare. Due to fear of the Muslims, the Gopal deity was moved from one place to another and again and again this way he was relocated. Thus he gave up his temple and Lord Gopal would sometimes live in a bush and sometimes in one village, sometimes in another. Pratakhale. So at that time, Prabhu Manasa Ganga Ganga Yakorishnan. Mahabharata was taking his bath in Manasa Ganga. Govardhan Parikrama Gorila Parjan. And he was circumambulating Govardhan Hill. So, in the context of circumambulating Govardhan Hill, he was taking his bath in Manasi Ganga. Govardhan Deki Prabhu, Premavishtahana. Seeing Govardhan, he was absorbed in ecstasy. Nachite Nachite Chalila Shloka Podia. Dancing and chanting in ecstasy, he chanted one shloka. Seeing Govardhan. Huntayam Advir Avalohri Dasa Barjo Yadrama Krishna Charanos Parasha Pramodha Manam Tonoti Sahago Ganayus Tayorjat Paniya Suyavasa Kandara Kandamulai. So this is a very important verse from Srimad Bhagavatam, 10th Kano. 21st chapter. In this chapter, the gopis are glorifying the flute of Krishna, the effect of the flute of Krishna upon themselves and inhabitants of Vrindavan. Sometimes the chapter is called Venu Gita, Song of the Flute. This is the 18th verse of that chapter. And amongst the gopis in that chapter, different gopis are making different, saying different things, singing different songs of glorification of the flute. And greater charges like Raghunathas Goswami have identified different gopis singing different songs as uh, they have in other sections of Bhagavatam like in Ras Panchanjaya and so forth, Gopi Gita. So here Sanatana Prabhu said this is one gopi is singing this song and Raghunathas Goswami did that says that gopi is Radha. So I think there are three verses in Venu Gita attributed to Radha. This is one of them so it's an important verse. And here she's singing in despair. Hanta. Hanta means, uh, the way it's used here, she's kind of belittling herself and, and her friends and glorifying Govardhan. And this is the general mood of these gopis. They're in a predicament. They, they feel themselves unfortunate. They don't think we are the best devotees. 
They think we are unfortunate. We are not the best devotees because we cannot get the kind of company of Krishna that others can. Radharani sees Krishna walking arm in arm with Subal. She has his transcendental envy. Oh, he's so fortunate, so lucky he can walk like that with Krishna in the open in the broad daylight. I would like if I could meet him in the darkness of the night, in the, in the darkest hidden kunj. Only there I can express myself and my feelings. But that also means to us that those feelings are very, very secret, very, very high, very deep. So she feels unfortunate here in relation to Govardhan. She sees, oh, Hantayam Adrir means, Adri means the hill, and Abala Haridasa Bardu. Abala means she refers to herself and her friends. We're very uh, unfortunate and very weak. Our devotion is very weak. And Govardhan is the best of devotees. They see Govardhan as the best of devotees because they see Govardhan, as mentioned here, is Yad Rama Krishna Charana Sparasha Pramodha. It gives joy to Ram and Krishna who enter onto Govardhan they, with their feet. They walk on Govardhan Hill and uh, he provides thrones for them and Manam Tunoti Sahagoganayos Tayor Dyat Pani Yasu Yabasa Kandara Kandamulai. So this is a basic kind of description of different ways in which Giriraj Govardhan serves Krishna, acts as a devotee. Giriraj is Krishna, but also a devotee of Krishna at the same time. Generally, we worship him as Krishna. Here, Radharani is seeing him as a servant of Krishna. And servant of Krishna is better than Krishna. So how does he serve? In so many ways, he offers water for drinking and soft grass, caves for taking shelter in, and fruits and flowers and vegetables and so on. Jiva Goswami and Gopal Champa has given a beautiful explanation of this verse. And he describes all the... Uh, generally, the archan is done with 16 types of paraphernalia. So he, he identifies 16-plus items that Giriraj provides for Krishna and Balaram as a service. So he makes a whole very esoteric archan, steva puja description of Giriraj's bhava puja, <laughs> worship with feeling the deity of Ram and Krishna. So Radharani is thinking, oh, so he is so fortunate and such a good devotee. Our position is very insignificant in comparison. Govinda Kundari Tirte Prabhu Tahan Sunila Gopal Gela Gantuligram. Mahaprabhu then took his bath in the lake called Govinda Kund. And while he was there, he heard that Gopal Diri had already gone to Gantuligram. So Govinda Kund is at the foot of Govardhan, and this is where Krishna got the name Govinda during the uh, Govardhan Leela, at the end of Govardhan Leela. Indra appeared. As you know, Indra created great trouble for the inhabitants of Vrindavan and for Krishna. And Giriraj Govardhan mediated and protected everyone from the difficulties caused by Indra. So he's not a Bala, he's Bala. He has great strength and fortitude for serving Krishna. He sets this kind of example. Even though so many difficulties came, he remained firm. He was struck by the lightning bolt of Indra and he didn't crack, <laughs> so to speak. He remained strong and protected everyone. So at that time, after the Govardhan Leela, then Indra seeing the... What, what did he see? He saw two things. He saw the strength of Krishna and saw the strength of, of Govardhan as a devotee unflinching service to Krishna because his whole idea was I should be served not Krishna who is this cowherd I am Indra I am the god of the gods these people should be serving me but no Giriraj showed that no matter what you do he sent the kind of storm that comes at the time of the partial devastation of the universe said to bring such floods that Noah's ark would float away and would, would sink. <laughs> and so such resistance, but Giriraj was unmoved by that. Every time Indra sent 
his assistants to check on the results. How's it going down there? I sent the clouds, the pouring rain. They come back and say, everything in Vrindavan's dry. Not a leaf has fallen from a tree. It's all being protected by Govardhan. So he sent his lightning bolts, and the news came back, no, has, nothing's happened. So in spite of so many difficulties, Giridaj, in this instance, served Krishna. We should take example from that. So Indra seeing both things, Krishna and devotion to Krishna, what kind of devotion Krishna draws, you can understand. Oh, I may be the god of the gods, but he's the god of the god of gods. He is Govinda. So this name was given to him at that time. Indra came with Surabi, and he took shelter of Surabi wisely, thinking, he's the lord of the cows, I'll go to Surabi and and try to get uh, her favor. As if I get her favor, then I can get back in his favor. He had wanted to kill all the cows. This is an example of how material opulence, which Indra personifies, can affect us. Although he was pious, and he got his material opulence by his piety as the king of heaven, it has great potential to distract one. And thinking that he should be the object of service and so forth, well, he went so far as to be so deluded as to think that it would be good to kill, kill the cows because that was the livelihood of this Krishna and these people, and therefore he would break their resolve. So coming to his senses, he took shelter of Surabi and came down, and then, and then the um, Abhishek of Krishna was performed with the milk of Surabi and the, and the water from Ayurvata, the elephant carrier of Indra, and a kund was formed, that is called Govinda Kund Lake. So Mahaprabhu was at that place, a very special place, a very beautiful place. There Krishna, again, as I say, was given the name Govinda, who was coronated as God of all gods, supreme God. And in order to make it easy for Indra to come and offer prayers, he went to a little bit of a secluded place, and his friends were in the distance watching all this. Shiva came, Indra came, Brahma came. So many people came and they offered so many gifts to Krishna. Shiva gave him a bamboo flute and someone gave him a parasol, an umbrella, and a garland and so many things. And then they coronated him and had a whole Abhishek whole ceremony. And his friends were at a little distance and watching. What's he doing over there? Who are those people? There's a four-headed guy over there, a five-faced guy, and somebody riding on an elephant. So when they all went away, flying back to wherever they go. <laughs> then they looked down and they saw those boys, those coward friends of Krishna, and they thought, my God, these people, who are they? We're the gods of this world. But what is their position? They have a relationship with this boy, Krishna, who's so superior to us that we cannot imagine. So again, the devotion to Krishna, you see, this is the most worshipable thing. More than Krishna is worshipable, devotion to Krishna is worshipable. And in our philosophy, we understand that that devotion to Krishna is Krishna. It corresponds with Krishna at the same time. That heart, pure heart of the devotee, in rag, marg, and pav, is what Krishna corresponds with, his face of the Absolute. So it is in our interest to worship the devotion to Krishna, actually. As we develop, we find ourselves attracted to a particular type of service to Krishna. And that is more important to cultivate, to think about that even, than it is to think of Krishna. That means what? To think of... That's why we say, this guru is not some utilitarian principle. We'll use the guru to get to Krishna. It's not like that. It's not that, well, Krishna consciousness is about a relationship with Krishna. Make sure that the guru doesn't get in the way. This is not Krishna consciousness. No. The guru who represents an ideal of service to Krishna, as that becomes apparent to us, that becomes more important to us than Krishna. That is our Krishna consciousness. Different devotees serve Krishna in different ways. They're the reservoir, the ashray tattva, the ashray alambana vibhav, the ashray of that kind of love. Our ideal is Krishna prem, not Krishna. Love of Krishna. It just happens that love of Krishna that is synonymous with Krishna. That means having Krishna. So, if we try, 
try another way, how will you get Krishna? So that love becomes the ideal. And that love is embodied in different devotees, and that is then represented through the Guru Parampara to us in a mystical way. And we will cultivate that. That becomes more important to us. So our position is to take shelter of the devotee of Krishna in that particular mood. This is Krishna consciousness. Krishna is not alone. Krishna means Nandanandan Krishna, Jashodanandan Krishna, Radhanath, this is Krishna. Krishna it means in relation to his devotees and all these parshadas. They are all manifestations of his Swarup Shakti, of his own nature, manifesting to express that nature in relation to himself. And so to become in Krishna consciousness means to become in conscious of in the proximity of and consciousness of of all of these types of devotees. This means to really approach Vrindavan. As it said, very simply, probably you say, Krishna is not alone. Got it? <laughs> Krishna is not alone. So, he's always with his devotees. So, the devotion to Krishna, that is most important to us. And that, of course, is what Radha is saying in this verse about Govardhan that we just discussed in brief as well. You can see Govardhan is Krishna, but she's seeing him as a devotee of Krishna. She's seeing him in a very special way. We have no imagination for that, but we would rather follow as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw and let our prospect manifest naturally. But this is the basic point, a very important point. A devotion to Krishna, love of Krishna, that is more important than Krishna. Say, Gram Gya Koila Gopal Darshan, Primaveshe Prabhu Kore Kirtan Anartan. So Mahaprabhu went to the village, he did Kirtan, this particular village, Gantuli Gram, where the Gopal Didi happened to be located. There he chanted and danced. Gopal Arsundarji Deki Prabhu Avesha, Eshlo Kopali Nache Hoyla Dina Shesha. So as soon as the Lord saw the beautiful Gopal Didi, now Mahaprabhu will get his darshan. He was immediately overwhelmed by ecstatic love and he recited the following verse and chanted and danced until the day ended. Vamas Tamara Shakshasya Pujadhanda Sopatubha Krida Kandukatam Jena Nitto Gobardhano Giri. So this is a verse from Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu from Dakshin Vibhag, southern wave, which is the second wave of the ocean of bhakti in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. The second wave describes all the, the, the basis of Rasananda. First wave describes what is bhakti, what is sadhana bhakti, what is bhav bhakti, what is prem bhakti. And then the second division, southern division, that is the eastern division, southern division describes the basic constituents of, of bhakti, rasa. So your Ashraya Lambana Vibhav, Vishaya Lambana Vibhav, Udipana Vibhav, all these things are described. Anubhav, Sanchari Bhav, Sai Bhav, Satvika Bhav is the ingredients that when properly mixed together give rise to Rasananda, this exalted spiritual emotion. So in describing a Vibhav, I mean Vibhav means what gives rise to Rasa. Rupa Goswami describes the Vishayalamana Vibhav, that is Krishna, the object, that means, of love. And so he describes his personality. He has different types of personalities. He describes his qualities. So this is a description of one of his qualities. Baliyan. Baliyan means he's very strong. He has great strength. This verse Rupa Goswami cites as an example of that. And as we develop in bhakti, then certain of Krishna's qualities will be more important to us than other ones relative to our particular development and taste because they stand out more for different devotees and different sentiments in relation to Krishna. So here, anyway, the strength of Krishna is described in this verse. It's Mahaprabhu quoting it, and it's a glorification of Krishna. May the left arm of Sri Krishna whose eyes are like petals of a lotus flower, always protect you. With his left arm, he raised Govardhan Hill, as if it were a toy. Gopal 
Mahaprabhu saw the deity of Gopal for three days, and on the fourth day, the deity returns to his own temple. Gopal Sange Chaliaila Nitya Gitagari Ananda Kolalek Lok Bale Hari Hari. Mahaprabhu walked with the deity of Gopal um, as they took him back to his temple when things were safe, and he chanted and danced. A large and jubilant crowd of people also chanted the transcendental name of Krishna. Hari Hari. Gopal Mandire Gela Prabhu Rohila Tole Prabhura Vancha Purana Shab Kurila Gopale. Gopal did return to his own temple. Mahaprabhu remained at the bottom of the hill. Thus all the desires of Mahaprabhu were satisfied by the Gopal deity. E Mata Gopaler Koruna Sobhav Ye Bhakta Jana Dekite Hoi Bhav. This is the way of Lord Gopal's kind behavior to his devotees. Seeing this, devotees were overwhelmed by ecstatic love. Dekite Utkanta Hai Natrade Gopardhane Konchale Gopal Asi Uttare Apane. Mahaprabhu was very eager to see Gopal, but he did not want to climb the Gobardhan hill. Therefore, by some trick, the Gopal deity personally descended. Kobu Kunje Rohe Kobu Rohe Gramontare Se Bhakta Tohanasi Dekai Tonhare. In this way, giving some excuse, Gopal sometimes remains in the bushes of the forest, sometimes he stays in the village. One who is a devotee comes to see the deity. Parvate na chari dui rup sanatan e rup tan sabari viachen darshan. Now he's going to describe a similar instance in which rup and sanatan gosamis wanted to see the deity of Gopal but did not dare climb on the hill following the example of Mahaprabhu and how Gopal granted them darshan as well. So let us hear that continuation tomorrow. Any question? Well, Mahaprabhu is here establishing a standard that he would follow and that the Sampradaya should follow with the formation of the Sampradaya under the direction of Sanatana Goswami. So he gave this kind of advice to Sanatana Goswami, Sanatana followed and it formed the Sampradaya like this, the rules, a rule, a way of thinking about Govardhan. So, the seed of all this is in Madhavendra Puri, but the formation of it and the organization, the institutionalization of it and so forth, that came afterwards. Then there are devotees like Pushti Marg, Balabhasampradaya, they walk on Govardhan, but they have a different, some different thinking about it, and it's not with disregard for Govardhan in any way. Another question? I don't understand what the highest reach of devotees who don't have a proper understanding of Mahaprabhu what is their highest reach? What is it that they can attain without having a proper understanding and having taken shelter of Mahaprabhu? What can devotees attain that don't have a proper understanding of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Devotees in other sampradayas, for example. What devotees in other sampradayas, what can they attain not having a proper understanding of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Hmm. Well, there are two sampradayas that are Ragmarg Sampradayas of the four, Vishnu Swamis, where we say Rudra Sampradaya, and Kumar Sampradaya. Kumar Sampradaya is also Ragmarg Sampradaya, and it's known prominently nowadays as the Nimbarka Sampradaya. And the Rudra Sampradaya, or Shiva Sampradaya, is known as the Balaba Sampradaya. So Balaba and Nimbarka, Balaba himself, and the prominent Acharya of the Nimbarka Sampradaya, at the time of Mahaprabhu, met Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And there are a couple of instances described in Chaitanya Charitamrita with regard to the association of Balaba with Mahaprabhu. And he's always kind of like a little bit like an ugly duckling amongst swans because he doesn't quite fit into the group, is what I mean. I don't mean in any way to criticize Balaba Charja. He's a great devotee. But he didn't quite fit into Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sampradaya. And there are, there are reasons of spiritual sentiment that this is centered around. Although it's not mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita, in other literature it is mentioned of a meeting between Balava and Mahaprabhu, where Mahaprabhu told him to start his own sampradaya, so to speak. And it's fairly apparent in Chaitanya Charitamrita as well, and expressed directly. 
that Mahaprabhu had regard for Balabhachari, Balabhachari had regard for Mahaprabhu, but it's to say he didn't quite fit in. He did get some connection, it is said, with Madhurya Rasa through Gadadhar Pandit, whom he took an initiation from at one point. It means he received some mantra. And while the, the group of Balabhas largely preoccupied with Vatsalya Bhakti, parental affection, and they worshipped the Gopal Didi, this particular Gopal Didi of Madhavindrapuri came under their care at a certain point. And since that time, they worship him as Bal Gopal. They offer him little toys and things like that. And it's all in, uh, the worship is in Vatsalya Bhav. But in their Sampradaya, there's, as I say, some connection to Madhurya also, but not the Madhurya that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught. And they worship the Jumuna Devi as the highest place because after Rasalila, gopis and Krishna took bath in Jamuna. And, and it said that the son of Balabha, who was the spiritual successor as well, Vitalnath, a great devotee, was an incarnation of Chandravali. So I have a bit of a different take on Madhurja Shingar Rasa. And of course, Radha is Radha of Gorlila, but we find, particularly at the time that Balaba took shelter from him and got initiation, he was very much exhibiting the mood and sentiment of Rukmini. And Rukmini, of course, is Chandravali in Dwarka. This was in Puri, which is representative of Dwarka. So, in this way, there's some difference in the sentiment of Balabhacharya and his group. But Mahaprabhu sanctioned that, and he had regard for Mahaprabhu. He got the sanction to carry on from Mahaprabhu. And Rupa Goswami, in Bhaktivedanta in two places, after describing Vidimarg and Ragmarg, he says, and there's another group, and they call their practice Maryada, which corresponds with Vidimarg, or Vaidhi-bhakti. And then he says, after his Ragmarg section, he says, there's another group, and they call themselves Pushtimarg, and they're more or less the same as us. So in both of those instances, he's referring to the teachings of Balaba. And so there's just a Ragmarg Sampradaya. They emphasize this. And in Embark Sampradaya, there was a fellow named Keshva Kashmiri, who was a great pundit, Digbijai pundit, and he came to Nadia and was defeated by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in um, rhetoric and so forth. And by the grace of Saraswati, his goddess for his learning, he realized Saraswati was a servant of Mahaprabhu himself. And so at that time, Mahaprabhu blessed him, and therefore the Nimbarka Sampradaya, which is a Ragmark Sampradaya, and puts emphasis on Radha. In the Balb Sampradaya, there is not an emphasis on Radha. But in the Nimbarka Sampradaya, there is an emphasis on Radha. So, Bhaktivinoda Thakur has talked about these things also in his Navadvipdham Mahatmya. And if those devotees in those Sampradayas appreciate Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then uh, they can attain the destinations sought after in that Sampradaya. In the Nambanabark Sampradaya, they want to attain Sakibhav. This is the main ideal. Sakibhav means not like Subal's Sakibhav, that is a kind of a Gopal uh, Sakya Bhav mixed with uh, Madhurya, that it's also sometimes called Sakibhav, but it means like the Bhakti of Lalita, Bishaka, Sambhogechamayi. Something like that. So, rather than attaching oneself to a group leader and serving her and experiencing her experience, they want to like take the position of, of a group leader. And this is also mentioned in Bhakti Samhita Sindhu, Samboga Ichamai, rather than Tadbhav Ichamai Bhakti. So, there's some difference. Anyway, Mahaprabhu gave blessing to those sampradayas, so they, they can attain something there. but what the greatest gift that Mahaprabhu came to give, then uh, that is available in his Sampradaya. Mostly what we find in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sampradaya is uh, two things, Manjari Bhav and Sakya Bhav. And Sakya Bhav is friendly, compatible with Manjari Bhav. So these are the two prominent things, through the influence of Gaur and Nityananda. Later in the Nityananda's consort, Janavi was turned to the Nityananda Paribar primarily as a means by which those following in the Paribara of Nityananda Prabhu could achieve the Manjari Bhav. But previous to that, then 
Nityananda Prabhu descended with his Dwarasa Gopal. Balaram came with the twelve Gopals. They all serve him. So there are Sakya lines, so to speak. Even in our line, Gurudas Pandit is there, and Hridaya Chaitanya, and Dukhi Krishna Das. And at that point, Dukhi Krishna Das, he was initiated in from Hridaya Chaitanya, who is a disciple of Gauridas Pandit, who is Subal in Krishna Lila. And he was cultivating that Sakya Bhav, but his inner Bhav, reality was in Manjari Bhav, so that came out and he was put under the care of Jiva Goswami and so on. So these are anyway the two prominent ones, and Manjari Bhav is most prominent. And then you can go to Balabhasambhadaya for Vatsali Bhav, but other than that, you can get anything from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, see, because he is Swam Bhagavan, and the mantra, main mantra, a Nam mantra is Hare Krishna, it's universal mantra, so you can be in Ramanuja Sampradaya, you can be in Madhva Sampradaya, and want to go to Vaikunti, you can very easily get all that by worshipping Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because he's Swam Bhagavan, so everything is inside of him. So therefore we recommend take shelter of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, regardless. <laughs> Another question? Okay. We'll stop there. Shri Chaitanya Chaitanya Ki Jai. Jai. Bhakti Vedanta Sami Prabhupada Ki Jai. Bhakti Lakshuk Siddhartiv Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai. Jai. Go Bhaktabindaki Jai, Go Premandi.